0: We have been going through the book of Ephesians, okay? Uh, gosh, we started... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so if you're new around here, right, if this is your first time visiting, you're, 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 you might laugh at this. Uh, the rest of our people certainly will laugh at this. Uh, we started Ephesians in January, and we're starting verse 12 today in chapter 1. So there you go. Uh, you can kind of see how quickly we move through things. Um, but what we do is we certainly, we go through and we, we really like to teach, what the scriptures actually saying, and really get a good feel for what God is teaching us through the scripture. Uh, so uh, we are going to be in verse uh, actually thirteen today. There you, see, we already moved one up. Verse, look at that. That didn't take us long. Uh, we're going to be looking at verse thirteen and fourteen today, uh, and and we'll do some uh, and make some notes uh, from that. With that being said, uh, again, just to to to, to highlight uh, and, and and put forth a reminder. Remember, uh, Ephesians is a very, very, very important book in the aspect that if we want to understand what the church is supposed to look like today, what, what is this dispensation of grace that Paul calls it in chapter number three of Ephesians, what, what is it, and what is it supposed to look like, then Ephesians is the place we want to go to. We don't want to go to Acts chapter two. That is not where the church began. Uh, from our perspective, okay, did, was there a Jewish presence going on in Acts chapter 2? Absolutely, but the message that was being propagated there is different than the message that's being propagated by Paul. Now, if you don't believe that, then I would just ask you to politely think about the fact Then why does Paul call it my gospel? Why did he, Galatians chapter 2, have to go explain his gospel to the rest of those apostles? So, you got to consider that, right? Something's going on there. Why? Because this is a very, very different thing than what was going on in Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, the, the, the kingdom to Israel was still being offered to Israel. Therefore, because of that, the, 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 the perspective was Jesus, Messiah. And they had crucified their Messiah, and that was the issue, okay? And that's what Peter, who, by the way, Galatians chapter 2, is the apostle to the circumcision, that's the Jew, okay? A different message for a different people, okay? And and listen, I'm not saying there isn't good devotional stuff we can pull from that, because of course there is. What I am saying, though, is is be careful doctrinally that you don't get caught up in that, because if you do, you're going to get some things really messed up. Okay. Okay. With that being said, Paul is the apostle to the uncircumcision, which would be uh, the Gentiles as a whole. Okay. Now we are living in a dispensation right now where Jew and Gentile can be part of the same body and partakers of the same promise. Okay. That's where we are right now. We need to understand what that all means. The very the biggest thing we want to make sure we understand is what it doesn't mean is that the promises that were given to Israel are given to us, because that is incorrect. Okay, and that's where a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of folks today in churches, and a lot of churches all across the country today, lose it. They don't understand that that wasn't given to us, stop trying to take something that wasn't given to us, that was given to Israel. There are specific promises that God made with the nation of Israel that he did not make with us. But there are specific promises that God made to us Spirit, in the spiritual sense, that he didn't offer to Israel as a whole. And that's where we're looking at right now, because where we are is in Ephesians, and what we've been looking at are nine very specific blessings that God gave to the body of Christ. That's us, folks. If you are a born-again believer, you are part of the body of Christ. You partake of these nine blessings, three from the Father... Three from the Son, three from the Holy Ghost. Now listen, just because God provided the blessings doesn't mean you partake in them. That's that's on you to partake in them. There are things that you will get if you partake. But if you don't, uh, I'm not saying you're not saved. What I am saying, though, is, is you're not living the Christian life the way you were meant to live the Christian life. And If that's the case, like we've always said around here, and Paul, he doesn't hammer as much in Ephesians, but he definitely hammers it home pretty hard in Corinthians when he talks about making sure we understand there is a judgment coming and we are going to be held accountable to, to this. And Although your judgment as a Christian is not and has nothing to do with your sins, it does have everything to do, everything to do with what you've done since the day you got saved in not your body because it's not yours anymore. You've been bought with a price. Yeah. Now, what have you done in his body? Because you're going to be held accountable to that. And if the Lord did not or would not do that, should you be doing that? Y'all with me on all that? Okay. We got to get this right. We got to get this right. And I say that we got to get this right because judgment is coming. It, it, it just, it, <laughs> it's appointed on the man, <laughs> wants to die. And after this, the judgment, the judgment seat of Christ for Believers, is going to happen. It's it's coming. And it is my responsibility and Robert's responsibility. Please play for Robert. He's up uh, in, where is he? Panama City? St. George Island, Island. Uh, which is probably close to Panama City. Uh, Anyways, he's uh, doing their, uh, they have a youth camp. Thank you. I wanted to say VBS and I knew that wasn't right. Yes. So pray for Brother Robert. That's where he is. But listen, that's why we, uh, listen, we, 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 we could hit your ears. We can make you laugh. We can have a good time, make you feel good when you walk out the door. And that's all great. We could do that. But how is that going to help you on the day of judgment? That's what I want to know. And I just do not want anybody that's ever come through this church to ever say, Why didn't you tell me? So it's going to hurt. It's going to be hard sometimes. It's going to be in your face sometimes. But I promise you, it's Bible. It's what the Bible says. You're not going to get my opinion on stuff. You're going to get what the Bible says, and you're going to walk out of here at least knowing what it said. Now, what you do with that is on you. I can't, all I can do is bring it to where the water is, but I can't make you drink it. You have to, believe what it says. You have to believe that this really is your authority as much as I believe it is mine. Our authority. It's the Word of God. It's the engrafted Word that saves our soul. Either, either that's right or it's not. I just happen to believe it is, okay? I believe that every Word of God, we talked about this last night, uh, I believe that every Word of God is pure. Uh, every, let me repeat that. Every Word of God is pure. Not just some of them, all of them. And so uh, I think that's why uh, at this church, man, we just like to hammer what this book says. Because at the end of the day, this is what's going to judge you. Yeah. I'm not going to judge you. One Baptist Church isn't going to judge you. The popular pastor on the, on the radio station is not going to judge you. The, the, the churches that think that they know everything are not going to judge you. Okay. Uh, the, the Christian books that you read aren't going to judge you. Jesus said, The words that I say will judge you in the last day. He is the word of God. These are the words that he said. This is, Hebrews 4 12 and 13 says that this is what's going, the word of God is what's going to be made manifest in that last day. And that is what's going to uh, judge you accordingly. So then thereby, thereby, we better make sure we know what it says. And And by the way, don't just know what it says. James says, don't just be hearers of the word, be doers. We can't just know what it says. we got to do what it says, or else <laughs> just don't look back at me and go, why didn't you tell me? But I'm going to say, I did. I did. I loved you enough to tell you what you needed to hear. That's all I can do. I can't make you do it. you got to want God and what He desires for you as much as I want that for you okay Ephesians really this is a paramount book in the aspect that this is what the church is supposed to look like okay. and so what happens in the first three chapters of of, of Ephesians is Paul's laying out and he does this in all of his church epistles in the first part of all of his books he lays out the doctrinal statements that he's making And then in the last part of the book, specifically Ephesians 4, 5, and 6, he turns all that doctrinal to practical. Okay, here is what you need to know doctrinally how God sees this or how God has purposed this. Now let me tell you how you live it so that you can live how God purposed it. Does that make sense? That's how Paul uh, does all of his New Testament epistles to the churches. Uh, Ephesians is, is, is a primary book. In the aspect of we want to make sure we understand what does the church supposed to look like. That's what is going on in Ephesians. He's laying out what the dispensation of grace is. What is the uh, uh, priorities in it? And by the way, the very last verse of the doctrinal part of Ephesians chapter 1, 2, and 3, Ephesians three twenty one, hits it on the head and brings it all together when it says... In, 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 its, in its ultimate finality, the purpose of the church is to what? Glorify God. glorify God. That's it. That's the purpose of the church. It's not to glorify self. We should not be picking churches based on. Well, they got this, they got that, they got that. Oh, hey, hey they got a great music band. They got, they, got, they got a good, the pastor, he's funny, or he's whatever. Like he tells great stories, or, oh, man, I just really like how big that church is, or I really like how small that church is, or blah, 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 blah. It's all about you. Church has nothing to do with you. We've got to understand that. What church is, and why God has formed his church, is so that we can learn how to glorify him correctly. That's what it is. You come to church to learn, to be taught. If you don't believe me, just read Ephesians 4. We haven't gotten there yet. Lord, Lord knows we may get there one day. But pastors and teachers to do three things, okay? And, and that is what church is all about. We've made church something that it just never was meant to be today. It just isn't. Church is all about learning how to do the work of the ministry, it's all about how to edify one another. It's, that, it's all about bringing us to the place of understanding how we properly give and bring praise and glory to him. And Jesus told us how to do that in John chapter 15. Yeah, yeah. right? He told us, how does the Father get glory? By producing much fruit. much fruit. Well, what's fruit? What's that? Fruit is winning people to Christ, building them up in their faith, and sending them to do the same thing. That is the purpose of the church. There is no other There is no other reason to be in church. If you think there is, I challenge you, go read Paul's letters and show me where you find what, what is it. Because he's constantly, I've been discipling Brother Jim and Brother Justin now for a couple of years now. How many times we're just reading through stuff, and we're like, oh man, look at that right there. Wim Didn't even see that before, now we see it. It's constantly... That's constantly what Paul's pushing is win people to Christ. Well, first of all, you better make sure you know biblically how to do that. Because what scares me is most people don't. They don't know what the real gospel is. And I say the real gospel, I'm talking about the gospels as according to Scripture. Because Paul warns there's other gospels being preached in Galatians And he said, listen. If me or someone else or an angel from heaven come preaching another gospel, let them be accursed. Like he understood the importance of my gospel, Paul called it. He understood the importance of that. I don't think we understand the importance of that in the church today. I think we've lost that, and, and it's 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 a borderline scary. At the end of the day, do I save anybody? Nope. I can't save you. I got no. All I know is the guy who can. Okay, and I know who the guy who can said about it I would just rather put my faith and trust in what the guy said the man god Jesus just put your faith and trust in what the man said and don't worry about what everybody else says What does he say? It's the engrafted word that can save your soul. We are born again by the Incorruptible word of god y'all hear that it's it's the gospel according to Scripture y'all hear that it's not according to Pastor Frank. It's not according to the church down the street. It's according to, and every word of God is pure. And every word of God has been preserved. Yeah. Either you believe that or you don't. So the, but if you don't, my question to you is, what are you putting your trust in? And what are you putting your faith in? The book of Ephesians, we've gotten to the place now where we've looked at the, 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 uh, the spiritual blessings of the Spirit. Okay? So we saw the Father chose us to be holy and without blame in love. Okay? He 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 predestined us. He didn't predestine us to salvation. That's not even what it says. I don't know why that's even being propagated. That's not even what it says. What he predestined us to is adoption of children. That's what it says. <laughs> Okay, we were not in God's family prior to salvation, despite what's being taught in most churches today. No, we were not. We were in the devil's family. Jesus is very clear about that in John chapter 8. How do you get into God's family? By the engrafted word, which saves your soul. That Jesus, who died on a cross and shed his blood for you and I, who bought us who redeemed he redeemed us what's that mean he bought us out of sin and bondage by by what by his blood okay that is what the bible teaches about the subject that's how we get adopted into his family we were predestined to that because not that you me you me no what was predestined to that the church was not you and me It's the church that was predestined to that. It was the body of Christ that was predestined to that. We could almost say it was Christ that was predestined to that because he was the one that was slain before the foundation of the world. Got to make sure you know what these words mean because if you don't, you will get twisted and turned by what's being propagated in many a church this morning. And it's sad. It's sad. But listen, okay, we were made accepted in the beloved. By the way, folks, we saw it. We aren't the beloved. <laughs> Jesus is the beloved we were ma- made accepted in Him. And that's why I told you when we we're going through this, watch, as we w- work through the book of Ephesians, as you look through Colossians, as you look through all the other, it's always, always, everything that's being taught is always, always the necessity of it is in Christ. You, yeah. yeah, be in Christ. See, if you're not in Christ, then then this is none effect. You understand? It's always about being in Christ. See, because it's all about Christ. It is Christ. It's not about you. It's about the Christ in you. And is the Christ in you being propagated out of you? Because if it's not, Paul has a problem with it. And therefore, so should we. Because if Paul's got a problem with it, I guarantee you Christ has got a problem with it. You understand? Okay, so uh, so those were the three gifts of the Father, the three gifts of the Son. We, we have redemption through the blood of Christ, the forgiveness of sins. We don't have what? The, the, Jew, the Jew. Say it. We don't have remission of sin. You do not want to have remission of sins. That was the Jewish program. You say, why not? Remission of sins sounds good. Why? Because if someone has cancer and they go into remission, does that mean it can't come back? Huh? No. You have forgiveness of sins. He nailed your sins on that cross as far as the east is from the west. Final. Gone. Your sins have been paid for. They will never, ever be brought up by Christ again to you. Do you understand that? Do you want that or do you want remission? Which one do you want? I'll take the forgiveness. And by the way, the forgiveness of sins was not propagated till Acts chapter 13. Just throwing that out there. That's not what they are preaching in those that early parts, portions of, of Acts. It was a different message, different story for different people. The Jews. That's not our salvation, if you will. Okay, next, what has Christ done for us? Well, do know that Jesus Christ is the Word of God. Amen? Okay. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He is God in the flesh. Amen. Okay. He is the word of God. Every word in this book is his mind. Don't put the book on the shelf, man. You want to know God. This is how you know him. You know him through the word of God. (laughs) Okay. Uh, He is. So what is he given to us? What was one of the blessings? He's abounded to us. Not just, here you go. No, he abounded to us in all wisdom and prudence. Huh? We can have the wisdom of God. You don't get it from me unless I'm preaching this. You don't get it from the famous pastor. uh, Again, I know I keep harping on that, but I just want to make sure you understand. That's not where you find wisdom. You find wisdom through the word of God. Through the word of God. What did Solomon pray for? (laughs) That's where wisdom comes from. The word of God and the word of God alone. That's why you need to be in a church that's teaching you and preaching to you the word of God. Unadulterated. Not skipping stuff because they don't like it. Or because it's hard to preach. No. Every word needs to be taught and and preached. Because it's all profitable to you. Paul did say that to Timothy, right? All scripture is profitable. Yeah, remember that? Okay, yes, yes, and yes. He abounds to us all wisdom and prudence. Prudence means you're taking that wisdom and you're applying it to your life. It's one thing if I tell my kid, don't walk across the road. But if he goes running into the road, did he show prudence? No, right? Listen, we need to apply the things that he's teaching us because Why? Because God's upstairs sitting there and he's going, you just do what I told you because I said it. Is that God? No. God knows our spiritual problem. He knows our issues. He knows what we are going to struggle with and he's trying to help us to not fall into those things because listen, in life everything you do doesn't matter what choices you make and we make many choices every day. It doesn't matter what choices you make. There's always consequences to your choices. And we need to understand that we need to understand sometimes the consequences are good oftentimes the consequences is bad but never was it god that caused it we like to blame god for everything the problem is god's not the one up there making your problems you cause your own problems (laughs) you put yourself in your own predicaments and there are consequences for those and what god's trying to lead his children to do like a good father would do he's trying to lead his children out of the way of the problems And, of course, God would know how to do that. Anybody else got a problem with that? I'm okay with that. I think that I think he knows exactly what he's doing. Okay? And, of course, he's made us known. Listen, it's not trying to figure it out. We don't have, how many times I've heard good, honest Christians who are just trying to make their way, man, they'll be like, I'm just trying to figure out the will of the Lord in my life. If you're trying to figure out the will of the Lord in your life, you aren't reading your Bible. That's your problem. Okay, well, yeah, I do. No, you don't. Because he's made known to us what the mystery of his will is. Paul says in Ephesians 5, right? um, Where where, where does he say it? Verse 17. Thank you. Therefore, be ye not unwise. There's that wisdom thing, wisdom and prudence. But know, understand what the will of the Lord is. Paul seems to think we can know and understand it. Because we can, because the will of the Lord is in the Bible. There are, by the way, there are seven of them. Did you know that? Yeah, amen. There are seven of them. Listen, if you don't even know what the will of the Lord is, how are you going to live it? And if you're not within the will of the Lord, then what? Well, Remember that judgment thing I was talking about? (laughs) Well, you think God's not going to hold you accountable to what his will is? Of course he's going to. Of course he is. All right, that moves us to the Spirit. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. In whom ye also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. So listen, here are the three gifts Uh, Of the Holy Spirit. Number one. He is the revealer of truth to us. He is the one. He's the one that moved. Holy men of God. To write. The words. That are found in your book. He is the comforter. He is the one that will lead you. Unto all truth. That is the role. Of the Holy Ghost. Within the Trinity. That's what he is. He will never, let me me repeat that. Ready? did I say never? I did say never, right? He will never speak of himself. There's a lot of churches where they speak of the Holy Ghost and the the gifts of the Holy Ghost, and they really make that their their, their big thing. Now, biblically, the Holy Ghost will never speak of himself. If you don't believe me, go read John 14 and 16. Jesus flat out said it. He will never speak of himself. He will always Uplift the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what he he is the why because he is the revealer of truth. Who is the truth? Y'all with me on that now? Okay, starting to make connecting the dots there. This is what the Holy Ghost does. He's a revealer of truth. Okay, and look what it says right here: In whom also you trusted. What? What? What did you trust in? The word of truth, which is. The gospel of your salvation. So you see where the Holy Ghost's role there is? Okay. And so, okay, what happens after you receive the word of truth and believe in the word of truth? What's the next thing he gives he gives you? We get something that no other person in all of the history of man ever gets. When this dispensation's over, when the Lord comes, pull his church out. This will no longer be the case during the tribulation period. Do you know what we get that nobody else got? The Holy Ghost moves up inside of you, and he becomes one with you. 1 Corinthians 12, by the way, I'm preaching that right now. You become part, now hear me, of his body, not yours. See why it's not about you? It never was. You become a part of his body. And you want to know what we get out of that? That's so awesome. Besides all the other cool things that come along with that, he seals you. Yeah. Yeah, right. You're sealed into the day of redemption. Amen. Amen. You cannot lose your salvation. If you can lose your salvation, then please pull the book of Ephesians out of the book because then you're losing what he's saying in the next chapter. Yeah. This is exactly what he's teaching us in the next. Your security is eternal. You want to know Why? because you did nothing to get in. Right. So what the heck do you think you're going to do to get out? Now, here's the problem with that, and where we got to be careful. But that doesn't give you a license to sin. Right. That doesn't mean I'm, liber- I'm at liberty to do whatever I want. Paul nails that home pretty good in Galatians chapter 5. He says, "What? Well, God forbid. Why would you go back to the, the vomit? No, you've been called with a holy and high calling this isn't just eh, if you feel like it no we are ambassadors to Christ we have a holy and high calling I would be and again guys I'm not trying to be the downer I'm trying to be real how many Christians know what the high calling is I mean, if I called your name right now, could you go, yeah, I know what it is. I can show you right in the Bible where the high calling is. And if you can, praise the Lord. Amen. But I'm just wondering, how many actually know what it is? And Paul seems to think that this calling and high calling is a big deal. It's a big deal. You want to know why? Because it is. It is a big deal. And we gotta make sure that we allow God's word to be our authority. We have been sealed. And with that, he has given us an inheritance. Now listen, just because we've been given an inheritance doesn't mean we can't squander it. Yep. Did y'all hear what I just said? Yep. You said, wow, come on, no, he already gave it to us. We can't." I didn't say you could lose your salvation. That's not what I said. Right. What I said is, it doesn't mean you can't squander in the inheritance that He has for you reserved in heaven. You can, and you can lose your rewards. You can do that too. You know where does it say that? For, for a second John. Yeah, John told us, hey, <laughs> make sure you you can earn. First of all, how do you even earn rewards? What are the rewards? Most people don't even know that. Did you know there are five of them? What are they? We need to know these things, man. Because this is what's going to happen at the judgment seat of Christ. These are the things that... It ain't going to matter how big your house was. It ain't going to matter what job you had and how much money you made and how much money you gave and all that stuff. Praise the Lord if you give. You should give because that shows your heart. No doubt about it. But listen, God isn't interested in those things. It's all physical. What does he say? Lay your treasures... Is there anything physical you're going to take to heaven with you? No! No! It's all spiritual. It's all what you did for him in the here and now. Those crowns are earned. Only way they're earned is by winning people to Christ, building them up in their faith, and sending them to do the same. The same. That's how you earn the five crowns that can, be all, that can be earned in this life. And you guys, most of y'all have been around this church long enough, man. We've preached this stuff um, over and over and over again. So here we are. We're back in our booklet. Can you believe it? (laughs) Page 34, I believe, uh, we're on where it says God has a blank. Okay, there we go. So here we are, okay? God has a, open your ears right now and listen, please. God has a purpose. He has a purpose to give you a possession in heaven. Now listen, Here's where we got it all backwards up in the church today. Okay? And if you hear what I'm about to say, you'll go, yeah, yeah, you're right. And I'm going to say, you're going to say I'm right because I'm going to show you where God chose us, what the purpose is, and how it's backwards. The purpose that He has given to us, reserved in heaven, is not you get to go to heaven. That is not it. Eternal life is not about getting your ticket punched, it's not. It just isn't. It never was. It never is going to be. The possession is not you get to go to heaven, but rather you get him. (laughs) That's it. That's what you get. That is what it's all about. It always was and it always will be. This is what the gift of eternal life really is all about. And you say, well... I don't know about all that. Well, okay, let's let the word of God be our authority. How about that, huh? Is everybody okay with that? How about that? Look at this. Check it out. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, what does that say right there? Whosoever means whosoever. God loved the, you say, why why are you hearing that? We got that because there's a whole lot of people this morning that do not get that, okay? And they'll change it. Well, what God really meant was, oh, you want to tell God what he really meant. Who the heck do you think you are telling God what he really meant? God loved the world. He didn't love individual people. He loved the world that he gave his only begotten. that whoever, whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Where do you have to put your trust and faith in? A church? Put your trust and faith in a pastor? Put your trust and faith in the famous author? Is that what it says? No. You put your trust and faith in who? Jesus. Okay. And when you put your trust and faith in him, then you get eternal life. Now watch. John 17, 3. Out of Jesus' own mouth, look what he said. And this is life eternal. That you get to go to heaven when you die. Is that what that says right there? What does that say right there? that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Do you understand what life eternal is? You get to know him. It ain't heaven. That isn't what this is all about. This is all about knowing him. Can I get an amen up in here? Yeah. Thank you. Listen, First John 5.20, John says this. He says, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us. an. Remember Jeremiah 3.15? I give you pastors according to my heart who will teach you knowledge. And what? See, See, it's the pastor that God's called. Let me repeat that. It's the pastor that God has called. Because there are a bunch of pastors sitting at pulpits today that God has not called. And if you don't think I'm called, get out the door as quick as you can and go find the one that is. But the pastor is supposed to teach you knowledge and understanding. When we get to Ephesians 4, we'll really hammer that home. We'll make sure that you understand that that is absolutely what the Bible's teaching. Listen, it's it's given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. And Jesus Christ is the truth. Amen? And we are in him Do you see that? And we are in him that is true, even his son Jesus Christ. Now watch. This is the true God in eternal life. Well, well, I I thought eternal life was I get to go to heaven. No. Is that what that says? No. Eternal life is that we may know him who is true and that we are in him. That's eternal life. You don't have to wait to get it. You can have it right now. Huh? How cool is that? The God of the universe, what a gift. And we squander it so easily. I would argue that the reason why most good-meaning, well-meaning people are squandering it is because they don't even know it. But I promise you, ignorance is not bliss. We're still going to be held accountable to it Because it's what the book says. And I'm sorry if the church that you went to or the pastor you sat under didn't teach that to you. I'm sorry about that. That is on him and he will pay for that, but it's on you too. It's on you too because you should have known it. This is what eternal life's all about. Get the point. Eternal life is a possession that God has purposed for you in heaven. It, It is not about what you get. It's really all... I could probably stop right here, drop the mic, and call it a day. Listen, it's not about what you get, it's really about what he gets in you. Mm. Mm. It's what we were designed for from the very get go. We fell. Adam fell. Eve fell. They're no longer doing what we were designed for. And because of their, uh, uh, their falter and their iniquity and their sin, it's passed upon all men for all have sinned. There's none righteous, no, not one. We are all gone away astray. We have all gone down the wrong path. We are all heading down the, the, the path of evil. We're all headed that way. But we were designed for something. And it wasn't about designing what is good for you. It was about what was good for him. I mean, if you don't believe me, just go read Revelation chapter 4, verse number 11. Why were all things created? What was the purpose? For his pleasure and his glory. Not for your pleasure. Right. Not for your glory. For his. Amen. And can I just tell you something? Listen, I didn't get saved until I was 28 years old. And, and, and you look at that and you go, man, that's so, I don't know. I have never found more joy in my life since the day I figured that out. Where I figured it out, this really isn't about me. I don't know, I no longer have to impress anybody. I no longer have to worry about what I want. He gives you peace that passes all understanding. Just think on these things. And it's amazing what God will do in your life. And if he did it for me, I guarantee, if you knew me, man, you'd be like, no. No. Man, he, I was borderline atheist. He did it for me. He can do it for you. I'm spelling stuff back here, sorry. I'm working. Whew. All right. Listen, listen. We are in the here and now waiting for the manifestation of what we already possess in Christ. That is the hope. Of glory and listen that word hope does not mean well I hope it happens biblically the word hope is it's gonna happen just wait for it it's coming when Jesus says something's gonna happen guess what It's gonna happen just the way he said it was gonna happen believe it trust it all the prophecies in the Bible prove it okay He, he, when he says something, you may as well put the big old stamp on there and you may seal that bad boy because it's going down just the way he said it. Okay. We have a hope of glory. There is going to be a day. That's why you need to understand the three tenses of salvation that most people do not understand. Paul clearly teaches it. Listen, there was a day that you got saved that day you were justified. Did you do anything to get justified? And if you think I'm yelling, I'm not. I just I I love this book, man. I get I get charged up. So so just please. I I I am not trying to yell. I'm Italian. I'm loud. It is what it is. Listen, but listen, the day you got saved, man, was a day you got justified. Did you do anything to get that justification? Absolutely 100%? No. No. For by grace you were saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But don't stop right there like everybody does. Read the next verse. You were created in Christ Jesus for good works. There is a work now to be done, and what that all has to do is the second phase of salvation. Justification is what happened on the day you got saved. What's going on today? You should be going through the next phase of salvation, which is sanctification. And I would argue most Christians are not going through that at all. They're stuck at justification. They are not growing hereby. They are, not, they are wandering in the wilderness, just roaming around. And listen, God will leave you there. You don't think he will? Just ask those Jews. He left them there for 40 years. You want, to keep, you want to keep murmuring? You want to keep arguing with me? You want to keep coming up against me? You want to keep coming up against my leaders? Go ahead. Keep wandering. Let me know when you're done. Let me know when you're done. How long you want to do this for? I got time. God's outside of time. How much time do you think he's got? He'll leave you right out there, man. No, because sanctification has everything to do with what you're willing now to do for him. Does that determine your salvation? No, that was taking care of at justification. Okay, but, but you know, Paul, if you, if you don't believe what I'm saying right now, you remember when Paul said, work out your own salvation with trembling and fear? Whoa, 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 that means I got to work for my salvation. No, you need to understand what Paul's talking about. He's talking about sanctification now. He's saying, work it out, man. How about 1 Corinthians 4? When he says, hey, you're going to be, you're a steward of something, you're going to be held accountable to these things. How about that? Huh? How about when he says in Romans 12 1 and 2, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, By the mercies of God, present yourselves, living sacrifices, holy and acceptable. Which means what? You can present sacrifices that are not holy and success. uh, uh, uh. You can you can present sacrifices that send up stink to Him. How, How come we're not concerned about that in the church today? Why aren't we concerned about that? We should be. (laughs) like dang i don't want to be sending up any any bad smells to the lord do you understand like come on when are we gonna when are we going to take this book for real when is this book actually going to mean something to us let's stop playing christianity and start being christians the way god's called us to be not the way the united states christianity calls us to be the united States jesus Let's stop following after the United States Jesus because that is a false Jesus. And you go, oh, man, come on, you can't say that. I didn't. Paul did. Paul said, if you follow another Jesus, if he come preaching another Jesus, if you receive another spirit, if you receive, (laughs) may it well be good for you. Good luck. Hope, hope, Hope you're okay with that. No. There's only one Jesus, and he's the way, the truth, and the life. And no, no man's going to come down to the Father by, by him. And the only way you're ever going to know the mind of Christ, the only way you're ever going to know the, the real Jesus of the Bible is of the Bible. <laughs> what does it say? Huh? Am I working too hard? Whew, my heart's pumping. Man, I just think this stuff is so important. It just is, and somehow we've lost it today. And it breaks my heart that we have. We have gotten so lazy about our Christianity. And, and listen, if that's you and you want to live there, feel free. I'm just not there. I, I don't want this church to be there. If you like that and that's where you want to live in that Laodicean mentality, feel free, man. That's cool. I ain't going to tell you what to do. I don't get up in all your grills, except at, this, at, the, at the pulpit. But other than that, man, I, you, know, you don't hear me calling you every week, hey, man, did you do this? Hey, man, did you do that? Did you hear me doing that? No. But I will tell you this, and I will promise you this, whether you think so or whether you want it to happen or not, you are going to be held accountable for it one day. You are. And you ain't got to worry about what this guy right here is thinking. I'm going to be the least of your worries on that day. You're going to be standing before him. And all things, how many things? All. How many? All. all things. So where you go to church, what you do now, how you live your life Monday through Saturday matters just as much as what you do on Sunday morning for an hour and a half. You all hear what I'm saying? God, church is not a place you go to stop thinking of it like that. It's not a place you go to. Church is who you are. And if we don't understand that, we're going to miss out on it, man. We're going to miss out on what could have been. Does that mean you're not saved? I want to repeat, did I say that? No. You're missing out what God really wants for you that takes place in that sanctification process, which leads to the third phase of salvation, which is the glorification. And when glorification takes place, that's when you get your new body in Christ. And that is when you are with him in eternity. And that is when you're dealt out your rewards and inheritances. And how you manage your sanctification phase, let me repeat that, how you manage your sanctification phase is going to determine how your glorification goes for all of eternity. Wait a minute. Don't we all just go to heaven and it's all good? No. Where did you see that in the Bible? I didn't see that. Why are we preaching that? That's not true. Now listen, granted, if you have been justified by the Lord, I'm pretty sure that's better than not being justified. (laughs) I'd rather have that. Okay. I'll buy you that. But man, wouldn't you want to know that in the here and now, as Job did, that you could be found? Listen, not everyone's going to be found a good and faithful servant. Stop that junk. It ain't right. Are you a faithful servant? To be a faithful servant, you better know the mysteries of God. Where'd you get that from? I got that from 1 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2. Go read it. What are you talking about the mysteries of God? What's that? Well, if you don't know what the mysteries of God are, there are seven of them. If you don't know what they are and you aren't living them, do you think you're going to be found a good and faithful servant? By the authority of God's word, I'm just asking. No, man. Let's get going here. We got work to do. The Lord didn't leave you here so you can live life for self. The Lord led you, left you here so you can live life for him. Do it, man. And I promise you. I promise you. How does Paul say it? can't even compare the here and now doesn't even compare for the eternal way to glory do you understand that if you give yourself holy to him now oh my gosh what he has waiting for you why wouldn't we want that he gave it all for you it's it's a mindset But the problem is, and can I just tell you what our biggest issue is? Our biggest issue is not the devil. See, we like to blame the devil for everything. It's always the devil's fault. Listen, that's not your problem. That's not my problem. That's not this world's problem. The problem is you. You're your own worst enemy. And you always will be until you get rid of your pride. It's just the truth, man. And Paul is hammering that home over and over and over again. Even the great apostle Paul says, In my flesh dwells no good thing. Oh, wretched man that I am. I do the things I want to do, but I can't do the things I want to do. I, I, I have this war that's just battling within me. There's a, there's a, there's a, my member, there's a war going on in my members, and I can't, I can't control it. Oh, thank God for the Lord Jesus Christ. Because if it wasn't for him, oh, my gosh. we got to get to that place where we recognize what we really are. Then God can mold you to what he wants you to be. Then and only then. I hope you hear what I'm saying. Listen, we don't know yet what we shall be, John says in 1 John 3. He says, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like me. Is that what that says? No, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Now watch. Watch. Just in case you think I was uh, lying to you about that whole sanctification thing. Look what it says right there. And every man that had this hope in him purifies. What does that say right there? Oh, wow. Wait a minute. I thought the Lord purified me. He did purify you. He purified you of your sins. Justification. What's this talking about? See, if you don't understand what Paul's talking about right here, you're going to think work salvation right now. No, that's not what he's talking about, man. He's talking about sanctification right now. Purify yourself. Get rid of your flesh. Why do you think Jesus said, pick up your cross? How often? Daily. Why? Because he knows it's going to be a daily struggle. Every time your eyes wake up, every time you get up out of that bed, you are going to have a daily struggle. And you want to know what that struggle is between? the flesh, and the spirit, if you're saved. If you're not saved, I promise you, I promise you with everything I have in me, your flesh will win every single time because you've got no power against it. You've got no power against sin. Well, I can make my own choices. Yeah, sure you can. Sure you can. And by the way, you're right. You are making your own choices because that's what you're following, you God's got something better for you is all I'm telling you. I can tell you firsthand. He's got something better for you. He just does. And this is the point that Paul's trying to drive home. We will be like him, not like ourselves. And that hope will become a reality, not by earning it or trying to merit it, but by putting our trust and faith alone in him. How do we get the Spirit? How do we get in Christ? The answer is found in verse 13. That we have trusted and believed the, the what? The gospel. There's no other way to get into the mystery that is being revealed. There's no other way to get into the body of Christ. The only way is by trusting in the truth of God's Word that will bring you life. Amen? Amen? Is everybody okay with that? Because that's biblical right there. The gospel that Paul is speaking of here, of here is referred to oftentimes by him as being my gospel. Let me show you, okay? Over in Romans, he says this. Now to him, that is of power to establish you according to, what did I say right there? Y'all see that right there? Now to him, the him is God, That is a power to establish you according to my gospel. Now, is it Paul's gospel like he did it? No. It's what was revealed to him by Christ over in Galatians chapter 1. Okay. And what he says is, and the preaching of Jesus Christ. Well, there we go. All right. You just turned on me. (laughs) I was reading it, but you turned it. Uh, He says, and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to The revelation of the mystery. Now listen, what is the revelation of the mystery? What's he talking about? The book of Ephesians. He's, 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 look at, if you go to Ephesians chapter 3, it says, for this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given to me to you word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery. Do you see that right there? Whereby, when you read, you may understand my knowledge of the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to men or the sons of men, as it is now revealed that Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body. Y'all get it? That's the mystery he's talking about. It was kept secret since the world began, which, by the way, means nobody in the Old Testament could be saved by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, they're saved the same way we are. <laughs> no, they're not. What? What saves you? There's only one thing that saves you. The blood of Christ. Do they have the blood of Christ in the Old Testament? No, he hadn't died yet. How could they? That's why they had to go to Abraham's bosom. That's why they couldn't go straight to heaven to be with the Lord. Listen, this isn't that hard. It really isn't. We just make it hard because we just won't believe what it actually says. So we'll just believe what it says. Let me end here because it's 11.58. Paul calls it my gospel because he is the one that received it from Jesus Christ. If you don't believe me, go read Galatians 1 and then you'll believe me. No one could have preached it before Paul. No, Did you hear what I just said? Paul didn't get, Paul didn't get saved till Acts chapter 9. Paul's gospel could not have been preached in Acts chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8. Paul's gospel was not preached in all of the gospel of Matthew and all the gospel of Mark, all the gospel of Luke, all the gospel of John. Well, Why do they call it gospels? Well, because gospel means good news. The question is, which good news are you putting your faith and trust in? Are you going to put your faith and trust in the good news of the kingdom? Or are you going to put your faith and trust in the good news of Jesus Christ? Listen, now for the Jew, the gospel of the kingdom, that what was offered to them, that was what was promised to them, that's going to be a good thing. But that wasn't promised to you you got a different promise you didn't get the kingdom here's the mic drop and I'm done you didn't get the kingdom you know what you got you got the kingdom in you yeah. oh! <laughs> you got something so much more and we squander it we squander it because we're too worried about self anybody want to say amen We got a good book, guys and gals. We do. And listen, sometimes it's hard to hear. But nevertheless, we still need to hear it. Three-fourths of what was written in Scripture is negative. Listen, do you have to teach a child to be good, or do you have to teach a child to be bad? Which one is it? Come on, all you parents. Why is that? Because we're bent toward bad. That's why. You don't have to teach a child to be bad. You let them go, they'll be bad, I promise you. You got to teach them good. That's what God has to do. He has to call out what, we're tendency, what our tendency is. Our tendency is bad. And if we've been adopted as children, then we need to do good. Yeah? All right. Father, we come before you, Lord. We want to thank you for this day, thank you for your word. Lord, I pray for VBS today. I pray that it would be honor and glorifying to you. Uh, whatever it ends up being, Lord, i just thankful for all the workers and everybody that's been involved in that. Uh, it certainly is our first time, so Lord, just help us to have fun with it. Uh, help us to give you the glory for it. Uh, thank you, Lord, for uh, the visitors today. I, I certainly hope uh, uh, they uh, uh, were blessed by what we uh, discussed. Uh, Lord, I, I, we are just so thankful for you. We have everything to give to you. None of this is ours uh it's 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 just all yours anyways, and so Lord, we just pray that you would bless it you pray pray that you would bless this uh ministry uh we pray that you would bless this uh uh, this time together, uh, and, and Lord, we just want to give it all to you and all the glory to you. We pray for Brother uh, Pastor Robert, uh, certainly uh, this week and uh, with all the, that's going on there with the, the, the children's camp, and Lord, we, we continue to lift up Brother uh, uh, Gary, uh, niece, and, and certainly Lori. Uh, Lord, uh, we just love you. Uh, we know that all things in your, ha- in your hands uh, help us to be focused on those things. In Jesus' name, we will pray that. And all the people said, love y'all, have a fantastically good day.